coaches, the conference we don't deserve has been assembled. This June, the Spring Tumbling Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, hosted by some of the most knowledgeable and respected coaches in the industry. Spring has partnered with Shea Crawford of Brandon All-Stars, Romel Usuna of World Cup, Casey Ballou of East Celebrity Elite, and Corey Rickett of the Cheer Sports Sharks to bring you a live, hands-on, and interactive tumbling conference in an actual training environment. It honestly doesn't get any better than that. I'm excited to go, and I hope to see you there. To sign up or to get more information, you can go to springvirtualtraining.com, or you can click on the link in the description. This is not hindsight 2020. This is what exactly what I said a couple weeks ago about my problem with code of points. Code of points to me makes sense in theory, but the implementation of it, I don't see how they can accurately implement it into the sport without exhausting so much time and effort. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 55. Not sure if there's going to be a 56, but thank you for joining today. We have a great episode for you guys. Varsity had an early preview of next season's score sheet, so I will be giving my thoughts and opinion on that. Brittany had some uh, buzz going on in her parents' uh, pages about scores and all these things, so she wanted to get my opinion on that. And then on my coach's page, there was some buzz about the CEO of Mean Coach and his... uh, mean coach TikTok. So I'll be responding. I'm sure Brittany will weigh in on how she feels about all of that. And then the buzz about tryouts is coming up. Everyone wants to know what to do about tryouts. So we have a, um, the sounds like that question of the week is all about tryouts. So we have a packed show for you guys. So definitely stay tuned. Let us know your thoughts on everything. Is this new score sheet the solution that the industry has been looking for, or does it still need to be tweaked and adjusted? And uh, is this mean coach, is he right or wrong with uh, the things that he is doing? If you are new, let me properly introduce myself. I am Jason Larkin, just a cheer coach, cheer director who loves talking about cheerleading. And we appreciate you guys checking out the show. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and definitely share this with a friend. However, we could not do this show without our resident cheer mom. She represents all of you parents out there. She asks the questions that you guys have. Don't be less when you can be more. Be more. Are you ready to talk about some uh, cheer? Well, real, real quick, be more. You said off air that you had to call me out on something. So I am impatiently waiting for uh, for this, uh, whatever you're calling me out on. But be more. What's up, fam? <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, life is life. Um for all of our new listeners or people that don't know me in real life, I have started going to beauty school to be a manicurist. So that is really taking up a lot of my time. Um, You know, I worked in the corporate world and then became a stay at home mom and I could just do all these things, you know, on the weekdays and clean my house and do the laundry. And then I go back to school and it's Monday through Thursday and I'm like back to 
having only certain days to, you know, yep. clean my house and do my errands. So I'm definitely adjusting to that. Um, but this is what I want to call you out on, Jason. Um, we have been doing this podcast for over a year now, um, like a year and a half. Yep. And we talk all the time. We're always talking about the podcast. We're, you know, see each other at the gym, whatever, phone calls, text messages. So tell me why. <laughs> I still don't know what you're going to say. 19 of 2022, Jason Larkins just started following me on Instagram. <laughs> Guys, I don't follow... <laughs> <laughs> I don't follow anybody. It's like so rare that I follow someone. I don't follow anyone. I told you. I said this a couple episodes ago. I keep parents at an arm's length. So it's very rare that I follow a parent. It really is. So I And the kids used to get mad at me at CBU all the time. I remember when Instagram came out. And this is Instagram came out. And um, the kids were like, coach, it's so funny because the kids are exact. The kids have not changed over the years. Instagram comes out. All the kids are like, coach, Jason, you got to get an Instagram. Coach, Jason, you got to get an Instagram. Coach, Jason, you got to get an Instagram. Okay, I'll get an Instagram. So I got an Instagram. And it's so funny because kids today, coach, Jason, you got to get a TikTok. Coach, Jason, you got to get a TikTok. Coach, Jason, you got to get a TikTok. All right, I get a TikTok. The one I never actually got was a Snapchat. Um, I was like, no, I don't know. That's something about being able to send a picture and it disappearing me being a coach. I don't need any parts of that. Yeah. Right. I need, a, <laughs> I need to stay in this lane over here. Right. Um, so, so yeah, but I don't really follow a lot. I, I really don't follow a lot of people from the gym. Uh, honestly, I don't like, I don't follow there. I could name some people. You're like, you don't follow them. Like I don't follow a lot of people from the gym uh, ever. So definitely don't follow any of the kids. Um, and eventually I started following kids from CBU, like after, I forgot when I was like, okay, if they made like some certain like thresholds, like I would like, okay, mm -hmm. you, you can, you can now get followed, but I really don't follow a lot of people. So don't be, and I mute a lot of people as well. Just so <laughs> that is, so there are people I follow, but none of their stuff pops up on my timeline. So. You know, who knows? You might have already gotten muted. Just followed you. You might have already I, been muted by now. <laughs> <laughs> I might have. I when I saw that, I was just like, like, and it's funny because you like tagged me in things before, like, you know, with the podcast. So I was like, yeah. okay, we're we're friends. So maybe he followed me, and then he didn't like my, you know, summer content when it's summer outside and we're swimming and, you know, we're doing adult things or something. Maybe he, like, unfollowed me, and then he started following me again. I'm like, I mean, I don't know, but, yeah, I just was like, oh, and I was going to send it to you because I screenshotted it, and I was going to send it to you in a text message, but I was like, no, 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 no. The people need to hear. Yeah. So no. no one, no one take it personally. No one take it personally. I just don't, I don't know. I just don't. I don't know why. I, it's just, you know, here we go. So and I'm trying to figure out, I don't like the algorithm I'm on right now where I'm like, there's people I don't want to necessarily see all the time. And I'm like, I'm trying to get Instagram to like switch 
Like, I want to see these people more. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, thanks to everyone who follows me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was so, yeah, I get these new followers, you know. Hey, I'm guessing they're coming from, like, the podcast. Uh-huh. And I, you know, I give them a little, hey, thanks for the follow. But I feel bad that I'll follow them back. But, you know, I don't know. Because, you I know, after a while, you. you're seeing people on your on your page that you don't know, right? You're seeing, yeah. like, stuff, and you're like, I have no – I used to let – or I still do on Facebook. I accept if – you, if you send me a friend request on Facebook, I'll accept it. It doesn't really matter who you are. But my timeline fills up with a bunch of people that I just don't know. And I'm like, I'm seeing all these things, and I have zero clue who you are. So, anyway, that's why I started muting a bunch of people. So, I – anyway, but – who knows? Whatever. So we will not be, no one be offended if Jason doesn't follow you back because um, I just barely got a follow. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm the worst. I know, guys, don't take it personally. It's just, I don't know what's wrong with me, people. So, yeah, I just, you know, it just, it just seems, you know, I actually thought about this last night. Um, you know, the hard part about we're getting off into a topic that I had no plans of talking about, but it is, here's the podcast. So (laughs) one thing I've, I've learned is that when you create like these meaningful relationships, actually, this is a good quote. Mike owner at the gym told me this and I thought it was such a good quote. And, and it's true. I lived by this before he said that, but this quote just kind of capsulizes it. But we were talking about, it's when we first came over from PCM and Ashley mentioned something about parents who were her friends. And she said, yeah, and they're, they're my friends. And then Mike corrected her and said, your customers. And... And he said, and they will remind you that they are your customers when you make a decision that when you make a decision that they don't like. Parents will remind you that they are your customers when you make a decision that that they don't like. And that is very, very true. That parents are your friends when you make decisions they like. And then when you make decisions they don't like, they remind you that they are the customer. Mm -hmm. And so... I've seen lots of broken hearts from coaches and owners because parents have reminded them that they were the customer, right? And and it seems best to, again, keep parents a little bit at arm's length. So mm-hmm. I don't, so that's for one right there. But then two, you have to make decisions about, about their kids. <clears throat> and I am human. And it does get harder to make decisions about a, a friend's kid, right? If they're your friends, yeah. it's really hard to make a decision about their kid as far as, you know, is this going to ruin our relationship if she doesn't make this level? Is it going to ruin our relationship if she doesn't make, you know, if she doesn't, if she's not, you know, point stunt anymore, you know? And I've seen that. And the que- and the, the, the honest answer is most of the time it really does, that it ruins mm-hmm. the relationship when a coach makes a hard decision like that. So over the years, it's just seemed best to not really get 
super, super close to the parents because it does get hard to make those types of decisions mm -hmm. because you have to make decisions because parents are always going to make the best decision for their child. A hundred percent. They always will. Um, and that's, that's like the hard part is because coaches want to feel super loyal to athletes and, and families. But if a better opportunity happens for an athlete or a family, I've seen in the past that lots of parents decide that they're going to make the decision that's best for their athlete. And so, or for their child. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, yeah, it makes sense to me. I mean, I, I totally get it. I mean, I, I think it's really hard that I think it's really hard on your part that a parent would think, Oh, we're so close. So, you know, please do this for my child. That's not how it should be. You got to be able, you know, church and state, you got to be able to separate those. Um, yeah. And you know, I, it's, I, I feel like it's like a respect thing. Like I would never be like, Oh, I do the podcast with Jason. So, you know, put my kids on a senior team or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a total, like, this is completely outside nothing to do with, you know, anything with my children in the gym. And, but that's just how I am. Um, you know, so I, I, I understand it puts you in a hard spot sometimes and, you know, so far you've done a great job about it. So, you know, I'm trying my best. Um, I honestly wish I had probably a better relationship with our parents. I feel like we had strong relationships previously, <clears throat> but I think, um, so next year, I said this before next year, I'm going to bring back at least what I, feel is what I feel is I don't feel like even that the where I'm at I'm a hundred percent of where I feel comfortable with so next mm -hmm. year hopefully I get to a, at least closer to a hundred percent of what I feel comfortable with as far as having uh relationships with parents but yeah that's like my big reason you know gotta keep gotta keep things separate so anyway let's talk about the score sheet. Marcy released their new um score sheet or a proposal for the score sheet so it hasn't been solidified yet but I will talk about my thoughts on it. And, you know, it was one of the first accurate release. I talked to a couple of coaches. Hey, you know, Jason, so what are your thoughts? And it's funny because I w typically wouldn't comment on my thoughts on the score sheet really outside mm -hmm. of our own staff. But now I have the podcast, so people expect to hear my thoughts on these types of things. So mm -hmm. got to give you my thoughts on these types of things. Um, <clears throat> so it has shifted. Oh, real quick. I, I will. Yep. I do want to do this first because you had some things about the score sheet that you mm -hmm. said happened on one of your parent pages. So let's do that first because if it ties into what we're going to talk about, then it ties in. If it doesn't, uh, you know, we'll figure it out. So tell me about the parent page, about score sheet, and all that stuff. Yeah. So there's a parent page, um, and I saw it um, before our last episode. So it was right after One Up um, in Nashville, and there was a thread, there was like 300 comments about how they, nobody, I mean, 95% of the people that were on this thread did not like the scoring at one up. They said that it was so inconsistent from other competitions. Um, a couple parents had said, you know, they went to a competition, you know, a week or two weeks before one up and it, their scoring was so high. And then at one up their scoring was, you know, like three, I want to say like between three and five points lower, but five points seems like a lot to me. So 
maybe, you know, it was just like two to three points lower and they were just like, these are the lowest scores of the year. The scoring there was so inconsistent. Um, and I mean, I've said it before, like I don't pay too much attention to the scores. It is what it is. It's, it's not my job to worry about the scores. Um, so so many times I was just kind of like I wanted to get your opinion on it because I you know not really caring about scores do you think that the scoring was a lot lower or you're not really sure it I mean like the inconsistencies well as far as one up is concerned it was our highest scoring event right J Red scored a 99.05 combined score right so they had a 99.1 I think on day two Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely their highest score of the year, senior blacks, highest score of the year, right? Junior blues, highest score of the year. Uh, I can't say confidently that it was youth blacks, highest score, but it might, it probably was youth blacks, highest score and probably around the same for, and junior white. I'm not sure if it was their highest score, but they put up a high score and mm-hmm. probably many sparkles around their highest score. Or so, so uh, overall, it was definitely our highest scores of the year. Um, but, you know, here's the thing about, you know, scores are weird. And that's why I try not to focus on scores. I want to focus on scores. I want the feedback to know, you know, is it, what is a perfect score? Is everyone wants to know that. But what I think parents should be more, I, especially parents, should be more concerned about, are we beating the teams we're supposed to beat? Like, that's what matters, right? Yeah. Now, I'm assuming coaches or parents that complain about scores, it's not because they didn't get the score they wanted. It's because they lost to a team. Now, we lost, so I'm going to complain, and it's the score sheet's fault that we lost. Mm-hmm. But the real reality is, did you did you get third place? Okay, you got third place. Now, was second place better than you, and was first place better than you? That's what really matters. It, the scores don't really matter. To me, and I, and I learned this from an old gymnastics coach, and I've said it to our parents ever since. I actually said this on the uh, Code of Points podcast a couple of podcasts ago. Um, and he told me, the judge's job is not to get the scores correct. The judge's job is to get the, the placements correct. Mm-hmm. And I've taken that to my bank. The judge's job is to get the placements correct, not the scores correct. So, you know, I I like the scores because it gives me some feedback, and I wish they were super consistent every single time. But at the end of the day, I just care that we win. Like, that's why I care, I care that we win competitions. I don't care if we score a 99-2. Yay, we scored a 99-2. But if we're in fifth place and everyone scored higher than us, then I don't care. I care that we have the highest score of the event, you know? So, you know, I care more about the feedback that the judges give because I've learned over the years that they're, you know, they're going to give, they're going to give a score, but I really need to know the, the feedback to me is more important when they say, oh, the formation was off here. Awesome. Now let me go and fix the formation. Uh, we, didn't give you credit because of X, Y, and Z. Awesome. Now I know to do that. Uh, you know, of course I want solid scores because I know those other things, but I, I put those other things more valuable than the actual score. So 
which I guess ties into the new varsity score sheet. And, and you know, we talked about code of points. Code of points has been a big thing. And it seems like varsity is moving towards a code of points or something more like a code of points. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I have not talked to Shay, who was on the podcast a couple of podcasts ago, who was our big code of points um, guy. He's like the loudest voice in the industry that I personally know for code of points. I, I, um, he seems to be the uh, Pied Piper for Code of Points. I have not talked to him about how he feels about the new adjustments, so I'm not sure if he actually says, yes, this is exactly what we need, um, or no, because it's not, ex- I mean, it's Code of Points, but not exactly Code of Points. So I'll try to explain this, and if I get too academic, please let me know, Brittany. Remember, you represent all of the cheer parents out there, so if you have a okay. question, they have a question. So with the new score sheet, and I'll start with stunts right now. They have watched the video one and a half times. So I've not watched it. And it's like an hour long video. It's a little less than an hour. But I've watched it like one and a half times. So, you know, and it just came out. So please forgive me if it has changed by time this airs or if I misquote something. You know, I'm human. I got other things to do than study future score sheets when Summit's, you know, tomorrow right so um but in order to score they're going to um like those cap scores so right now right now uh stunts is a range so if you do your um four level appropriate stunts two of those stunts being elite level appropriate you will score in between a 3.5 and a 5.0 that's what it is currently two elite level appropriate plus two additional level appropriate, at least two additional level appropriate, you will score between a 3.5 and a 4.0. Right now, they have changed that, or for the future, next year, what it currently says is, if you do four level appropriate studs, any four, any different four level appropriate studs, you will get automatically the max score. And I think the max score is like a 4.5. I can't remember. Don't quote me. You'll automatically get a perfect score in difficulty if you do four different level appropriate stunts. Now, everyone does four level appropriate stunts. Everyone does that. That's even easier than what it is now to get a perfect score. It's even easier to get – so it's easier to get a perfect score – in next year than it is right now even to get into range right so how do teams separate themselves so they have difficulty drivers so they've created they have level appropriate stunts advanced level appropriate stunts and elite level appropriate stunts does that make sense so far yes all right so and they separate those things out they have not and and obviously, a level appropriate is like the most basic thing you can do. Then they're going to have advanced level appropriate, which will be a little bit harder. And elite level appropriate will be what we consider the hardest stunts in cheerleading, right? So wait, so, can I stop you real quick right there? Yeah. What do most of, most of our kids in our gym, are they doing level appropriate, advanced, or elite level appropriate? Just so we kind of know. Say that again. You totally cut out. I couldn't hear you. Um, our gym, do our athletes do, which one of the categories do our athletes do? So currently in the gym, well, we do, most of the skills are elite level appropriate, but there are some skills that we do that are 
like level appropriate. But right now, they don't have that middle one. Right now, it's only level appropriate and elite level appropriate. And next year, they'll have those three categories. Okay. Level, advanced, elite. But, you know, you have to do you have to do at least two elite level appropriate skills in order to even get into range. So all the obviously with our teams that, you know, our teams do well. So we have teams doing elite level appropriate stunts. Um, okay. Now, not every single stunt is an elite level appropriate stunt. And you do that for, you know, various reasons. But, but you have those three things. And then so every time. So right now, or sorry, next year, you will do... Four level appropriate stunts, you'll get a perfect difficulty score. Okay. Then, in order to actually increase your score, they will look at the four stunts that you do. And if it is an advanced level appropriate stunt, for every advanced level appropriate stunt that you do, they'll give you an additional 0.2. So, okay. you know, 0 0.2, 0 0.2, 0 0.2, 0 0.2, you end up with an uh, 0.8 advantage now, right? If for every elite level appropriate skill that you do, you'll end up getting a 0.3 added on to your score. Does that make sense? Yep, totally. There we go. So you do four level appropriate stunts. They can either be level appropriate, advanced level appropriate, or elite level appropriate for every – So that, and that will give you a perfect difficulty score. Okay. Then they'll give you difficulty drivers, right? Like I said, so if those are all advanced level appropriate, they'll give you an additional 0.2. If they are elite level appropriate, they'll give you an additional 0.3. And, mm -hmm. and they can only, and you're only doing four stunts. So they're only going to judge your four hardest stunts. So even if you do, you know, 20 stunts, they're only mm -hmm. going to judge your four hardest stunts that you do as far as elite, advanced, or, you know, just regular appropriate. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So now they haven't released as of this recording what is an actual advanced level appropriate or an elite level appropriate yet so that will make a difference but i want to tell you the problem that i have with not varsity but with the industry for begging for this because this is what i brought up this is not hindsight 2020 this is what exactly what i said a couple weeks ago about my problem with code of points code of points to me makes sense in theory but the implementation of it i don't see how they can accurately implement it into the sport without exhausting so much time and effort now they can do it with lots and lots and lots of time and effort but i do not see us getting to that point now i might eat my words 10 years from now five years from now three years i might be eating my words a year from now well not a year from now, because this is the, the 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 score sheet that is in place. I won't be eating my words a year from now. Maybe two years from now when they fix it. But I will give you an example. Now, this example might not hold up this year only because, because some of these skills might be considered advanced level appropriate, and so the it might not switch. But all of these skills I'm going to list right now are all considered elite level appropriate. All okay. the skills I'm going to list right now are, are considered today elite level appropriate. They might not be considered elite level appropriate next year, so that mm -hmm. might change this up a little bit. But okay. let me explain this. The problem with code of points is that they don't separate out specific skills and say that this is an elite level appropriate skill. They just separate types of skills. And so coaches have the, the choice of saying, 
okay, well, I'm going to do it this way and I'm going to do it this way and I'm going to do it this way. And this is the same exact example I used a couple weeks ago. In level three, you can do an inversion, right? Inversion up the one leg is an elite level appropriate skill. Inversion up the one leg is elite level appropriate skill. So when coaches back in the day, when we think of inversions, we think of a kid flips upside down and they go from upside down to right side up. And, and that's an inversion, right? They do a backhand spring up. They backhand spring into the stunt. The stunt goes up and there you go. That's an inversion. You do a front handspring up. The kid does a front walkover or a front handspring up. The kids grab their feet and they jade up and it goes all the way up to the top. And that is considered an inversion. And we think, oh, they have to do a flip in order to do an inversion, right? And that's that was generally accepted throughout all coaches. But there's a, a definition for the word inversion. Now, the word inversion, like the USASF definition means and I might not get this exactly right. Don't come for me at the comment in the comments. This might not be exactly right, but it is. It is when your head or your shoulders, one of the two, are below your hips, or your hips are above your head, and at least one foot is above your head. Right. So, if you do a handstand, you are inverted. Your head, shoulders. Can't remember which one they use. I'll just say head from now on. Your head is below your hips when you do a handstand your head is below your hips and you have at least one foot above your head right so you are inverted right now Mm -hmm. a bridge if you do a bridge you're not inverted right you know kids bridge up so you're not inverted technically because your your head is below your hips but you have two feet on the ground at the same time so you're not Uh so you don't have that foot above the head so you're not inverted right so some coach somewhere thought all I have to do if I if the kid if I place the kid like in yeah, a tabletop right all fours like that right and they lift mm-hmm. their hips all the way up and they put their head down and they lift one foot in the air like they lift yeah. one foot in the air they are inverted and I will get inversion credit and some coach somewhere did that and the industry went they're cheating that's cheating that's not an inversion uh t- you know USASF goes, technically, it's an inversion. That beats the required for a version. And varsity goes, yeah, that's an inversion. We're going to give them credit for that. And so teams all the time do those, you know, Youth Black does it in their routine this year. Uh, uh, Jay Red does it in the routine this year. Leg up in the air, head down. We go and we invert to the top, right? Youth Black inverts to the top. Jay Red uh, does a switch up, right? But it's considered an inversion. Now it's widely accepted as that is an inversion. Mm-hmm. Right. And so coaches have figured out different ways to kind of manipulate those things. Um, now, and I, what I said a couple of weeks ago was when one team does a backhand spring up, and that's an inversion, and the other team does the leg up inversion, one of those is 100% harder than those, the other one, and everyone in the nation would go, Yes, the backhand spring up is the harder stunt of those two. There's no one who would say the other one is harder. No one. But when you lump something and say all inversions are going to get elite level appropriate credit, then then there's no separation between those two teams. There's no separation between the team doing doing the backhand spring up and the team doing the needle up. So I'm going to compare Youth Black's Elite this year to senior blacks elite this year, what youth black currently does to what senior black currently does. 
which is our youth level three and our senior level three. So youth flat does a full up to heel stretch, which is elite level appropriate. The full up that we use for them, they don't do a traditional South full up. They do a half in walk around. So they do a level two half into prep. Like, uh, you know, this flyer does half of a spin. The bases yeah. use a traditional half up grip. The bases do the half up with the flyer. The bases then walk another half of a circle, you know, 180 degrees, which makes the flyer do 360 degree rotation, right? Lands in the heel stretch. That's elite level appropriate. Um, after that, Youth Black does a half up to lib, elite level appropriate. After that, they do, they're in their prep level lib. They bring it down to their belly. And then they tick-tock up to uh, heel stretch at the prep level, which is elite level appropriate. So they do this, the uh, belly to prep, switch up, elite level appropriate. And then they do, like I said, the leg up, inversion, up to lib, come down, and then we you know do our dismount, right? Those are our four stunts. I will compare that now to what Senior Black does. Uh, Youth Black, what I say, does the, the half in, half out, the full up yep. to heel stretch. Mm-hmm. Senior Black goes traditional grips, prep, full around to prep on that immediate catch. They catch it, immediately spin it the other direction, land in a heel stretch, right? Mm-hmm. One of those is clearly harder than the other. One does a half in, half out. The other one does a full around first catch dip immediately. All traditional grips land directly in the heel stretch. Those two things will now get the same credit. And there's no discussion about it. They will get the same credit. Um, That's not a good thing, oh, B. No, that's why I said, ooh. <laughs> oh, I thought ooh. you said, ooh. That's no, good for youth black, like- right? <laughs> it's good for youth no. black. Um, ooh. They both do the next stunt, half up lib. Both teams do half up lib. Same exact stunt, same exact um, style. There you go. It's a wash. Um, next is the belly TikTok to stretch. Youth Black does, uh, they're in the lib. They go to their belly in the lib. They, right? They TikTok up the heel stretch. Mm-hmm. Senior Black, they start in the prep. They do a full around. They do full around to belly, right? So go from prep. They 360 to the belly and then TikTok to heel stretch everyone knows 100% that what Senior Black does is harder than what Youth Black does. Those two things are both considered elite level appropriate, but one of those things is clearly harder than the other one. They will score the exact same next year. The last thing is the uh, inversion. This is actually where it gets very, very tricky. Youth Black does leg up inversion. Straight up lib. Senior Black, we made up a stunt. It's called the Kablam. We call it the Kablam. The Flyers, I'm trying to, yes, we call it the Kablam. Why? I don't know why we call it the Kablam, but we do. Um, the Flyers start away from the group, right? So they're going to tumble into the group, right? So trying to paint the picture for everyone at home. The, the bases are way far away, right? Flyers are at the edge of the mat. The Flyers round off in towards the group. Right, they round off when they land their round off towards the group. Uh, they don't like backhand spring or anything. They just rebound, crunch their knees up, right? Right, yeah, they get parallel to the ground, mm-hmm. 
they get parallel to the ground and they land in the prone, like a push-up position, right? Yeah. Yep. So round off, ball their knees, land prone, push-up position. Immediately, the bases J them up, throw them up to, um, you know, a lib, right? Now, here's the thing with that stunt. It's a very hard stunt. I'm not surprised. It's not. Te- it doesn't technically fall under anything that varsity calls a stunt. So there are twisting stunts. It doesn't twist. There are release stunts. It doesn't release. There are um, twisting stunts. Or sorry, twi- what, what am I talking about? There are inversions. Mm-hmm. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if judges are counting it as an inversion, but it doesn't technically invert. Uh, it does not technically invert. Now there might be a, a judge that uh, that we catch sleeping one day and goes, yeah. "Oh, I'm going to give them inversion credit," and I wouldn't be mad at them. And I wouldn't be mad if they gave inversion credit to another gym either. But it's technically not an inversion. But we do plenty of other elite level appropriate stunts where we don't need it to count as an inversion to get into into range. But it is a hard stunt. It uh, again, if I had youth black try that, we'd have kids in the hospital, right? It's a hard stunt, mm-hmm. and a hundred percent of the industry would go, "Yeah, that stunt's harder than that one." But since it's not technically an inversion, youth black actually now has the advantage over senior black. Youth black does a needle up; they do a leg up, dip up, clean, come down. This is how long they hold it for: dip. Up, clean, down. Literally a second. They're 10-year-olds. Dip, up, clean, down. Senior Black does the kablam. They hit it at the top. Then they move. They walk in the stunt, right? They're holding the stunt, and then they walk. They do a formation change while holding the stunt. Youth Black has the advantage because we have now said that we're tired of judges making decisions, and we disagree with their decisions. But the problem with this now is, is that we don't give, is that I, I would rather trust the, the nuances of the stunts to say that that stunt, it's obvious which stunt is harder. But when we pin things down, because we're not going to separate it out. Again, I might eat my words three years from now. I just don't see us separating out all of these different stunts. Maybe eventually we will but we're not going to be doing it this year. And so instead of letting the judges trusting that the judges know that that stunt is harder than that stunt, we have blamed them so much. And varsity has said, I'm through, I'm through with you guys complaining all the time about these stupid scores. Here you go. Now you know what score you're going to get. But now we can't separate ourselves from other teams. I yeah. just, that's a true example I just gave you. Senior Black is now at a disadvantage against Youth Black because now we don't get any credit for that Kablam stunt, which is clearly a hard stunt, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it wasn't, even if they did give us inversion credit, our scores washed. They're the same exact scores. And one team is still doing a clearly harder elite sequence. So yeah, the judges didn't always get it right. But especially when it comes to stunts, I would rather, to me, I would rather be in a range 
and trust that judges are going to make the right decisions. They don't always make the right decisions. And maybe they're not going to make, maybe they don't have the best judges at the Baco battle. Why are we complaining about scores at the Baco battle? Can we, I want to make sure that the placements are right. I want to make sure that when it comes to our big events, NCA, you know, UC All-Stars, whatever, Summit, have make sure our best judges are there. But we've now like taking away the opportunity for judges to make the right decision because there's a billion ways to do a full up and some teams yeah. are going to do a traditional full up and some team literally you can do I've never seen a team do this but technically you could do it a straight up lib and walk in a 360 like walk in a circle and that would be considered a full up like teams could literally do that and get the same credit as a team doing you know a traditional full up um mm-hmm. to heel stretch right so you know now, I will say this. Me personally, I think it's best for coaches not to worry about the scores, not to worry about the scores, but to figure out. Oh, whoa, whoa. That is my last rant on the score sheet and what I disagree with it. Because what matters isn't that the score sheet is wrong or right. What, Matt, what coaches need to focus on is figuring out the nuances of the score sheet and how to win. Yeah. Losers, winners train, losers complain. That's it. I tell the kids yeah. that. I tell that to the kids all the time. Winners train, losers complain. And so I, don't, I, I, really, I honestly, I don't complain about the score sheet. What's the no. score sheet? Let me figure it out because this is the score sheet they're, they're going to use. So you got to figure it out. And, and that's how, and, and we're still going to win. We're still going to win competitions. So teams thinking this is our shot to beat American. No, it's not. Cause we're going to, we're not going to complain about the score sheet. We're going to figure out the score sheet and we're going to, you know, figure out how to win competitions based on this new score sheet. However, yeah. you know, that is the problem. That was the problem I foresaw with code of points and, you know, but it, this will hundred percent make a difference when they decide what is an elite level appropriate stunt, what's an advanced level appropriate stunt, and what's just a plain old level appropriate stunt. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know. Well, it's just like a, I mean, it's not just like a, but you said it good. Like you figure out, stop complaining about it, figure out the score sheet, and then figure out how you can win. It's just like a law. You know, if they pass a law and you were doing the something the opposite way, it's just like, okay, we'll just figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, that's probably and, you know, not a very good example. But. No, no, it's a perfect example. Like when you said that, it was like the, like the IRS tax codes, right? Yeah. Like, well, it's legal, right? Like it's legal. What do you want me to do, right? Um, you know, people start figuring out those leg up inversions. And... And to me, as someone who loves stunting, like I'm just a stunter at heart. Like I just love mm-hmm. hard stunts. I saw those and I'm like, that's cheating. But at the end of the day, it's an inversion and it gets our kids in range. All right. Yeah. So I don't always use it, but especially with a team like Youth Black, where we have to get into range, you know, coaches are going to, you know, we had to figure out how to get in range. Awesome. So we do our half in, you know, our flip is our half in, half out, which I don't love doing. But I want to win competition, so they're going to do it. We got to get into range. I don't love doing the needle up, but we need an inversion. And so they can do that, and they're going to do that, right? And so, 
you know, and with the new score sheet, we'll figure out what's how yeah. to score well, and we're gonna do that. And you know, I want, again, that's my last. It. It's my last rant on what I don't like about the score sheet because, like I, I like I've said several times, winners train, losers complain. So mm-hmm. everyone out there who thinks they like the score sheet right now, I just explained why you're not gonna like it, but. When it, you know, but I, again, I don't try to pick the score sheet apart. This is just my advice to coaches. Don't try to pick the score sheet apart. Just figure out how you can put your team in the best position to try to win competitions. So, yep. all right, B. <clears throat> all right, so um, coach's comment. Let's move on to the coach's comment. Um, the mean coach, CEO of mean coach. That was floating around on our coaches' pages, getting lots. I saw it on two different coaches' pages, lots mm-hmm. of lots of comments. I saw it on one coach's page, twi- one coach's page twice, and I saw it on another coach page. And, you know, I sent you the video. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, maybe I'm smart enough to put the audio in right now. Cool. No spot. Let's go. I don't give a shit. Let's go. Let's go. Turn around. Do your job and you won't die. Simple. Let's go. Are you ready? So squeeze. Come on. Is that you doing your job? Was that you doing your job? Because you're worried about a spot. Hey, I do this shit in the grass with people. I'm not going until you give me some confidence. Like relatively like 16%. You're giving me like 2% confidence right now. And then you keep dropping your stunts. What time is it, Brett? What time is it? Of course. Of course. Down to the last fucking two minutes. Let's go. You better squeeze. And spin. Pull that hip back and spin. Let's go. Get out. Hopefully you guys just heard the audio of the uh of that. And honestly, I wasn't that was just the only one I could find. But it wasn't and just, and if I'm not smart enough to put the audio in, you know, it's just coach has some choice words for an athlete. He doesn't really seem like he's being particularly nice to this athlete, right? Um and you know, everyone's been complaining. Why is this guy coaching? You know. Who all these things? Why is this guy? He should not be coaching children. I saw one event producer say he's never allowed at one of our events ever. <laughs> so oh, you know, funny. I will say this. Let me tell you this. Yeah, I, go ahead. You sent me the video. You sent it to me a couple days ago. I didn't watch it, but while you were sending it to me, I heard it. And as a parent, and anyone that's a mom or a dad or a grandma, aunt, uncle, don't come for me because clearly if you listen to the podcast, you know, my views are a little bit different. I would be in this particular like scenario, I would be fuming and I would not, you know, we've talked about uh, fight or flight before. Um, that would go out the window. I would. <laughs> Your girl be fighting. <laughs> 
I'm not even exaggerating. I have never walked into the gym, like in the middle of practice. I see, you know, my kids crying they did something wrong. They got in trouble, whatever. I have never done that. I'm telling you what, that would be a first time. Um, because it doesn't matter that those are not appropriate things to say to a child. Um, it doesn't matter if they're five years old, 10 years old, 15 years old. Uh, it, it's not appropriate. And if you're having a bad day, you need to remove yourself from the situation um, and decompress. Now, on the other end, if I, if my child is doing something wrong, talking, you know, when they should be watching their videos or um, having a bad attitude with their coaches, disrespectful to other athletes on the team, I am okay with them getting yelled at and made to have to run and, you know, do workouts. Them being disciplined at practice for being, you know, all those things, disrespectful, rude, you know, out of it, whatever, that is okay. But some of the things that that coach said is not appropriate for a child. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, there's um, a couple of things I want to pack from, from that video. And I saw a couple of them. I saw a couple of them, but there's a couple of things. There are more, it's more than just that coach who is complicit right now. Mm-hmm. So one, there are, there's an owner in the gym who presumably hired this coach mm-hmm. and continues to let this happen, right? Because there was multiple videos. It wasn't like it was just this one video. Yeah. Multiple videos. And I went on his TikTok. He had 300,000 followers on TikTok. Ooh. So 300,000 followers on TikTok. And like his thing was like, he's the CEO of Mean Coach, right? So it's not like, so you, you mentioned like, I get like people have bad days. But I don't think that this was like a bad day Yeah. for a couple of reasons. One, there's multiple videos of him doing this. Mm-hmm. And second, he's mic'd up. I remember when I watched it the first time, I was like, his audio is coming through really clearly, right? I have the podcast now. So I'm always like trying to figure out how do we get good audio? <laughs> and I thought his audio is coming through really clearly when I listened to, when I watched the video. And he happened to get closer to the video. And I'm like, oh, he's mic'd up. He legit has a microphone on. So part of it is the show for clicks, right? Yeah. I say something a little edgy. I get people talking on the I get people talking on the comments, right? So part of it's for clicks. So one, we're complicit for I'm not saying that it went, it seemed like he had 300,000 followers before it got onto those coaches' pages. Mm-hmm. but people before were in there liking it, sharing it, making comments. You know, we're talking about it right now, right? And that all drives algorithms. Yeah. Um, but he does it for a show because, you know, all publicity is good publicity, right? Mm-hmm. So a little bit, a little of it is for a show. So I think he kind of plays it up a little bit just to okay. do whatever. The other thing is he has an owner who has to be aware of, the, again, 300,000 followers, has to be aware that there's a coach talking like this in the gym. Second, there are parents who must know he's talking like this. Well, it's all over the internet, so they know. And continue to pay him money, right? 
continue mm-hmm. to sign up for privately. I have no idea how many. That might have been that girl's first and only lesson. Um, the video I saw, she did about cantering full up. That is a very advanced skill. That's a very, very advanced skill for a co-ed flyer to do, right? For a, a girl to be doing with just one base. That's a very advanced skill to be doing. So I'm assuming that wasn't her first private lesson. And so parents are paying this this money. If we don't want it to happen as an industry, money talks. If you don't want something to happen, I guarantee you, if all the parents said, you know what? If money stopped coming in, I guarantee you he changed the way he talked to kids. Guaranteed. Um, so you're you know, private lesson that, money is good money. Yeah. So you're thinking, which I didn't even think about it. Um, you're thinking that it might just be like, a, it's probably just like for show, just a blah, blah, you know, just to act maybe. I think part of it is a show. Yeah. I think which part makes of it is a show. Um, I'm not saying... You know, there are time. You know, this happens every day. We go through life. We have a conversation with someone. They some they say something or do something. We think something back, and then we decide I'm not going to say that. That's not really a, you know. I don't want to go there. I'm just going to keep that inside. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that coaches don't probably feel like that, but most coaches just go. You know what? I'm just going to. I'm not going to say how I really feel because that's mm-hmm. going to get me fired right now. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like he just goes, you know what? I am going to say how I feel because this camera and microphone are on me and and it's going to play, you know, I'm going to be able to post this on TikTok later and drive my views or whatever, right? So I, I think part of it is, now that doesn't mean I'm saying what he's doing is okay. What he's, he could not do that in our gym. I would not allow that in our gym. Yeah. But some of it does seem like it's a little, like he's, again, he has a microphone on. So he knows he's being recorded. Mm-hmm. It's not, it wasn't like a candid, like some kid got this candid, can, you know, hey, I'm coaching, yeah, you know, I'm filming coach today and, you know, and they posted and that video went viral. It's a video that he's mic'd up for that he posts and he has lots of videos on his page, tons of videos on his page. So some of it's like, again, I just said this earlier on the podcast. I don't typically talk, I wouldn't complain about the score sheet. The only reason I'm talking about it is because kind of people expect me now to talk about these types of things. So I'll talk about the score sheet and here, and here we go. But typically it wouldn't be my personality to actually just talk about the score sheet outside of with our staff like this, like such a public forum like this. Um, but I do it because I have a microphone on me and people want to hear these types of things. Well, he has an audience too who want to see and who want to yeah. see and hear those types of things as well. Um, so his audience is complicit. He is complicit. His owner's complicit, and the parents who sign up for it are complicit. Um, again, he couldn't do it in our gym. And and here's another thing I thought about. I want to get your take on this. I want to get your take on this, B. That okay. the parents kind of allow it because I'm not. I don't think it's every video because I did see one that was kind of I want to say wholesome, but it was like one of his more recent videos where he was like, you you could tell he was trying to be a good. You tell he, <laughs> I could tell that he had caught in got in the wrath from the industry and people are like, yeah, you're a terrible coach. Right. And this one's a lot more like, good job. Yeah. And like, she like did her, like she was doing a good job and I don't know. Mm-hmm. It kind of seemed like a cover up to me. I saw right through it anyway. Um, but I thought about this, even though I don't think this is the situation, but this is plausible, you know, maybe the family, this is a real scenario. Maybe 
the the parents of that girl grew up dirt poor, grew up dirt poor, right? Just couldn't afford anything, right? Just two tank tops yeah. in the winter, right? Just nothing. Worked their way up, right? Work, you know, scratch, clawed, were on the grind. Now CEO of some, you know, doing well now, doing very, very well. All of us would be like, hey, I'm trying to live that life. They're living well, right? But they mm-hmm. still have those like, I grew up, I had to, I had to earn everything I've gotten, right? And the child now grew up with a silver spoon in her mouth, right? Child doesn't want for nothing, right? She just got everything she needs, right? And they think their child's a little spoiled, right? Like, why, why, are, you, why are you so entitled, right? Why are you so entitled? Yeah. So they let her go to this coach who's going to toughen her up a little bit. Not that they, you know, they don't want to do it themselves, but they're kind of like, she needs to have a reality, like a dose of reality of where people actually don't, don't think, think how, yeah, is, is you know, everything yeah. in a bag of chips, right? And so I, and I thought, you know, that's a real plausible situation. Why a parent would let that happen is that they just kind of feel like their child is spoiled and mm-hmm. and this kid needs some tough love in her life. Like she doesn't she doesn't need everything handed to her. Like she needs some actual tough love. And I thought, hey, well, that's a, you know, if they really think that the coach has the best interest in mind and they don't mind the coach talking to their daughter like that, they're like, well, she hears that at school all the time, right? Those are, it's not like those are words the kid has never heard before. Yeah. We, we don't prefer it coming from our coaches. But it's not like the kid doesn't listen to music or watch movies or go to school or do any of those. So I thought, oh, I'm not saying it's right. It was just something I thought about. I was like, oh, you know, maybe the parent doesn't mind that this is happening because they need her to toughen up a little bit. I don't know. Am I just, do I I sound sound crazy, Brittany? No, you definitely don't sound crazy. Um, You actually sound like, uh, you sound like you're talking about my kids. No joke, because yesterday I was so mad at them. I told them I was going to send them to a military school. And they looked me in the eye and flat out said, no, you're not. I'm like, first yeah. of all, you don't tell me what I'm going to do. But no, I don't think that's like too far-fetched at all. I, I think it's great that you're like thinking of other scenarios for things. Um, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I personally feel like there's been a couple times where I've you know, told my daughter's coaches, uh, Claire Bailey, like, you know, if they're jerks today, make them do pushups, make them do this because they have been terrible at home, you know? Um, and they're like, okay, you know, if they're bad, but I, I don't see, I don't see anything wrong with that personally. Like, I mean, who wouldn't rather someone else be that who wouldn't like, I would, you would rather like Ashley get onto Joey than you, right? Like, I don't want to get onto my kids. I would rather my, like somebody else, like, you know, do something like that. I mean, maybe that's just me. I don't know. Joey's still yeah. real little. Oh, you know, it's funny. I see this all, this happens all the time. And I do it too a little bit. When we go to other gyms and work with other gyms, they're like, yo, get them. Like, <laughs> Don't hold yeah. back on these kids. Like, get these kids. They need to hear. They need to hear from someone other than me. You know. Mm-hmm. And you know, when when Brendan comes in, I'm like, yo, get these kids, man, because they'll be listening to something. You better get these kids. So, anyway, I don't know. So, all right, let's get to this. Uh, what's the? Oh, we get the sounds like that question of the week. 
B. Wait, wait, wait. I have to interrupt you oh, because go, go ahead. Um, I know I made a comment, you know, five, ten podcasts back about there was one set of music before that I didn't like. Um, but let me tell you this. I didn't mention Say it that again. Week. You cut out. I know there was a couple podcasts like back, like five or ten podcasts where I had said like there was one music from our gym that I didn't like. When we went to Nashville, yes. you know it's funny yeah. they asked about they someone someone um, followed up with it. Yeah. Oh God, I'm sorry, but I mean that's just on my own personal opinion. You know, I mean I whatever. But we went. I didn't mention this last week, but when we went to Nashville, our music was superior above the uh, top of the line compared to some others that I had heard, and I don't know any names or anything like that, but. I was looking at my husband and I was like, our music is so much better than that. <laughs> it, it is. There is some, there is some bad cheer music out there. There really is. Mm -hmm. There is some, I remember I heard a, um, event producer say this. I won't say what event we were at. It wasn't an event producer. It was someone, you know, who worked for that brand. We all know it was varsity, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not saying this to down varsity. Um, it was just so funny to me. We were in the coach's room and we're all sitting there talking, whatever. And this particular person on staff needed to be out like watching routines. Like they weren't a judge or anything, but they needed to be out like in the arena. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and this was years, 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 years ago. We were, we were still at PCM at the time. And I remember this person, she was like, all right, time for me to go listen to some more bad cheer music. And I was like, that's so true. Like, such, some of this music that you hear is just so bad. And you, you can't avoid it. It's just, it's playing, right? And you yeah. got, if you got to sit there, you got to sit there and listen to some bad cheer music. So people, if you don't want just flat out bad cheer music, please, I'm begging you, for do it for my sake. Go with sounds like that. You know, they, our music absolutely fire i love all of our tracks and you don't want to be that you know when you get one of our track one of our it's not one of my tracks but it sounds like that track like it just doesn't compare like it's honestly the best so our question of the week is brought to you by sounds like that sounds like that.com or you can click in the link in the description and uh, fill out the little thingy so we'll get back to you because the new season's coming up so you might be like do we need new music it's time for you to step up your music game Go with sounds like that. Tell them that the Let's Talk to Your Podcast sent you. So, um, yeah. B, what's the question of the week? I really like this question. I feel like I've been in this situation before, so I think this is really good. And I've actually seen this a couple times on some Cheer Mom pages. So, question of the week is from Denise. Um, prep versus elite. How do I, as a parent, know if my child is ready for elite? How does a coach decide if a kid is ready for elite? Great question. Prep or elite? How do I know if I'm ready? How do I know if my kid's ready? How do the coaches know if she's ready? Where do we go with this question? Um, I think what there's a good analogy. I'm not sure if it's good. You guys can decide if it's a good analogy or not, but it's an analogy I like. I think you need to see as a parent that your kid loves prep that they love prep and that they have that spark in their eye that they just can't get enough of cheer, right? It's their first couple of years, you know, most prep kids, their first couple of years in cheerleading, especially for us, our prep kids stay in the prep program, 
one to three years or so on average, you know, some more, some less, but on average, right? It's like one to three years. And I would guess that's what it's like for most other gyms. Um, and, you know, after a little bit, I think you have to start to see that like true spark in their eye that they love being at the gym. And here's the analogy I want to make. You know, you go shopping, you go to the store. Um, I heard something that says you shouldn't buy something from the store, like clothing wise, that you don't absolutely love. Because that is the time you're not going to love it any more than when it's in the store, right? Mm -hmm. And I think about that with the question, right? You know, if your kid doesn't like love it, if they don't love prep, now they might want more of a challenge, but they don't like love cheerleading. That's like the most they're going to love it. Because after they start doing it for a while, it that enthusiasm starts to wear off a little bit, you know? Um, and that doesn't mean that they don't love it, but the enthusiasm like wears off a little bit when you have to do it for a significantly more amount of time, like more amounts of time, like longer durations. And you've been doing it for years now, right? It just becomes like something you really like, something you're probably good at, um, and more of a job more or less and less of that same passion that you have. So if you don't see like a really passionate kid. You know, I hear this all the time from like prep families. Oh my gosh, she loves, you know, she practices all day long at home, right? I hear it from you too, right? Oh, they're on the tumble track all day. Like you said, like after like spirit sports, you know, they've been in the backyard every day practicing, right? I see the kids coming to the gym and they're on the tumble, like they come in early and they get on the tumble track, right? Like those are the type of things you want to see from your athlete in the early stages for sure. And Mm -hmm. I think if you're not seeing, not that they have to, do all of those things but i think you want to see definitely a spark that this is something that they really enjoy because if they don't enjoy it it's about to get a lot harder when you move to elite for sure i remember when um i got i was a part-time coach at cbu when i coached at california baptist university i was the part-time coach when i first got hired and eventually i became the full-time assistant coach and when i first became the full-time assistant coach i remember one of the other, uh, he eventually became the, no, I don't think he ever became the head coach. He, when he, the, the full-time assistant coach for the cross country team, I remember him telling me, now you're going to find out if you really like coaching. And he said, you know, before you had a coaching job with a little bit of office work. Now you have an office job with a little bit of coaching. and." It's very true, right? It was a completely becoming a full time employee at CBU was a completely different job than just coming in a couple of times a week and and just coaching, right? And mm-hmm. so I think the same thing. Like once you go from prep to elite, you know, it's a totally different ball game. Even if you're going from prep level one to elite level one, the the commitment is completely different, yeah. and it's a completely new ball game. And so if your kid look, kind of looks like ah oh, yeah, you don't really enjoy cheer. You know, and they just kind of do it just to do it. Prep might be a, uh, or elite might be a big um, jump. Well, it seems like we have lost Brittany. And so I guess we won't be getting B's perspective on this. And I'll just, uh... anyway, so I gave my opinion on what a parent should see. I think, as you know, at our gym, we do something slightly, I won't say slightly different. 
we have requirements to be on an elite level one team. So you have to have like the prerequisite uh, front walkover, back walkover. So you'd have to actually, so I'm not sure uh, how your gym does it. We haven't always done that. We used to let parents kind of pick, do you want to do, if you're brand new to the program or brand new to cheerleading, do you want to do prep or do you want to do elite? And then we just kind of let families kind of pick prep or elite. Now we actually have requirements for our prep or for our elite teams for level one. Again, front walkover, back walkover. So as a coach, at least for me, you'd have to have those prerequisite skills. And even then I want to see kids who are dedicated, but as long as the kid has, you know, again, front walkover, back walkover, those two basic things that would get you on one of our elite level one teams, whether it's, you know, our mini team or, you know, right now we have a junior one team. So, you know, one of those, if we ever had a senior one, we bring back senior one one day, you know, that'd be kind of the requirement. So that, and then, um, but yeah, that's the basic, you know, that's what I would want to see. And just as a parent, you want to be ready for the commitment because, you know, for us, it's like double the amount of time, you know, our prep teams practice three hours a week. So one and a half hours, twice, one and a half hours on one and a half hours. Is that plural? Once it goes to the half, I don't know. Hour and a half on Tuesdays, hour and a half on Thursdays. I always do that. If I <laughs> if I don't know how something is supposed to be said grammatically, I'll just change the sentence structure so I don't have to use it, so I don't have to get caught up in it. Um, but hour and a half on Tuesdays, hour and a half on Thursdays versus, you know, our other teams do two and a half on Tuesdays and two and a half on Thursdays, right? So the time increases a lot. Competitions increase a lot. Right, you have to spend it's two day weekends instead of just you know a Saturday or a Sunday, you know bigger travel events, you know so it's all these things. So it's a you know the uniforms more expenses, more expensive, um, you know. So are you as a family ready for that commitment? And you know we let prep miss for a lot more. I don't question our prep families as much when they have an absence versus when our elite families have an absence. You know, so, you know, the commitments. So are we ready for this commitment as a family? Is she enthusiastic? And does she have, you know, the kind of baseline requirements actually be on an elite team? I'm sure we'll be talking about tryouts a lot more because tryouts are around the corner right now. And uh, and now, next up, we go to Summit. So, Summit on the mind. I think when this releases, by the time this releases, Worlds will be over. I do want to hear from people from All-Star Worlds. I want to hear about how coaches felt about All-Star Worlds. So if you're at All-Star Worlds right now or just came back from All-Star Worlds, I want to hear about your experience there and, you know, how you liked it, what was, you know, the pros, the cons, the good, the bad, the ugly. And, um, yeah, and then after that, we'll be talking about the Summit and everything there. So, B... We miss you already. Everyone else, let's get out of here. Five, six, seven, eight. We're out. Gym owners, directors, coaches, can you relate to this? You say to yourself, this season is going to be different. We're going to get all of our teams on the same page. Or maybe you're saying, we're going to get all of our coaches on the same page. You look out as the teams are practicing or maybe as they are competing and you know you can do more. Let me help you. I work with several gyms, large and small, each season, whether it's the summer and we do a coach's clinic or a stunt camp, or it's during the season and we do an in-person routine cleaning. I even do routine video reviews if you're just looking for some thorough feedback of the routine. 
you send me your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with everything I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I have worked with have gone on to be world champions, NCAA all-star champions, NCAA collegiate champions, summit champions, and D2 summit champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at jasonlarkins at me.com or you can DM me on Instagram at jasonlarkins. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed today's show. Do me a quick favor, hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about this podcast. It's a great way for you to show your support for the channel. I'm your host, Jason Larkins, and you've reached the end of Let's Talk Cheer with Jason. Thanks for listening.